0: one-week season. O-W-S fam, the nation, my dudes and dudettes. Hilo here, bringing you another Exploring Extremes podcast. We are going to be joined this week again by Pavel. He is back. He has got his car. He has moved his wife. He has done all these life events, and he is back with us for this week. We're going to change things up a little bit. And instead of going back and forth picking games, we're going to ensure that we cover six games in particular this week, three of which are the top three perceived game environments for the week. So higher game totals. And then three of which are these games that have some of the lowest game totals that you'll see in NFL. Uh, So we are going to cover the Kansas city chiefs, the Cincinnati Bengals game with an over under of 49 and a half points. Obviously one of the better game environments this week, we're going to cover the Rams and the Baltimore Ravens with a game total of 46 and a half another one of these games that could very clearly be one of the top game environments on the week. And then we can't go without mentioning the Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys with a game total of 51 and a half. So those are going to be the three higher perceived, you know, better game total game environment type of games that we're going to cover on the opposite end of that spectrum. We have a bunch of relatively clunkers this week, The first one we're going to cover is the Miami Dolphins at the Tennessee Titans with a game total of
1: 41 points. It feels like it's like early, like when I was a kid, like early 2000s, late 90s, watching football. uh, What's his name? He was the cornerback. Al Harris is going to be back this week, you know, just to start throwing picks (laughs) for old times sake. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's interesting. So
0: that game totals at 41. We have a Carolina Panthers at New Orleans Saints game with a game total of 38 and a half. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> now buckle up. We have the New York Giants at the Chicago Bears with a game total of 38 points. All right. So that was a long intro. You already heard him speak. Pavel, my dude, what is going on? Good to have you back, brother.
1: Yo, it is good to be back. I have missed this. I, uh, holy crap, what a crazy few weeks! So much going on, but yep, we're back. We can uh, finally talk some football, tilt uh, some football. It's gonna be this most stressful week of the year. I start smoking cigarettes again because <laughs> I can't sit and wait. Um, we were just talking about I'm sitting currently first in the drafters' best ball championship. I've been there for a couple weeks. Obviously, gonna end up in fourth, uh, and then I got a team in the Puppy Two over, despite Tom Brady ruining my soul in the first week of the playoffs.
0: Yeah, man, that's uh, we were just talking offline. That that's got to be a pretty crazy, surreal feeling, um, having been in first for like four or five consecutive weeks on the drafters tournament. And this is uh, for those not familiar. This is another one of those um, contests that we covered uh, prior to the start of the season that Pavel had mentioned as one of the higher EV contests. Um, That is 10K up top that you're fighting for, correct? Yes, sir. All right, dude. So yeah, that surreal feeling of being in first place. uh, And that's a cumulative points contest. So being in first place for the last four or five weeks... Uh, that weird feeling where it's like it's almost a letdown because there's nowhere to go but down because you've held the top spot for so long.
1: Literally. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: so best of luck to you on that. With that said, let's jump in, dude. Let's start with this Chiefs and Bagels game at 49 and a
1: half. What say you here? Well, first thing I'll say is my Puppy 2 team needs this bad to be the most high-scoring game of all time. But if <laughs> that's we saw- not gonna that's not gonna sway you either way right? <laughs> no n- no way at all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just saw a report that uh Tyree Kill didn't play well last week because he was really winded due to COVID. Yeah, so dude. he's gonna have another week under his belt to catch his breath at least Kelsey came off today, so maybe he' had enough practice time to you know get himself going, but um yeah, be on the lookout for. How is COVID going to affect this game? Because if these guys are in you know, any way limited, it's going to be tough to get on the over. Um, we know how the Bengals want to play clearly. They're finally letting Joe Burrow be Joe Burrow, which is really fun to watch. That game was, it's the Ravens, was incredible. He shreds the Ravens. It's so fun to watch. Um, you know, All the weapons on the Bengals are healthy. This is a must-win for both teams, right? Because the Chiefs need this win for the uh, one seed, and then the Bengals need this win to make the playoffs. So, like, this is—I feel like we're going to see the A game for both teams this week.
0: Yeah. So there was a couple of things that you mentioned there that we need to consider, like from a DFS perspective, from a betting perspective, um, that are you know might go not unnoticed or not overlooked, but just probably not talked about enough for these last couple of weeks. The first is the more glaringly obvious one. And that is who is playing for something like which of these teams. And it's a weird slate this week, right? Because we have 14 of the 16 games. We have all 32 teams in play. 14 of the 16 games are on what is called like the main slate, right? So they're all playing at either, one Eastern or, you know, the afternoon slate. And we have the one Sunday night football game and then the one Monday night football game. So 14 games here on like a standard DFS main slate. Um, And from a betting perspective, it kind of doesn't give us the, as many opportunities to leverage positive EV situations with, you know, short weeks for Thursday games with um, teams that are playing for, similar playoff seating playing at the same time. So there's a lot of moving pieces, but that the one thing that is the most pertinent to us from a betting perspective, from a DFS perspective is that, you know, what teams are playing for something, what team, you know, what teams can we expect maximum effort for the entirety of the game? So that point that you made about the chiefs and the Bengals each playing for either playoff by and home field advantage as in the chiefs, or the Bengals fighting to regain that seventh spot. They're fighting with the Ravens. They're fighting with Miami now uh, to take over that uh, and maintain a playoff position in a very, very crowded three through seventh seed in the AFC playoff picture. So a lot going on there. We should expect these teams to come out firing, remain firing. There's some injury news with the Chiefs. They have obviously Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was initially thought to have a collarbone issue, but was then revealed to just be a, a bruised, a sprained, a whatever you want to call it, a shoulder. Um, so his status is uncertain. We have Tyreek Hill. That was another one, dude, that leads me to my next point. And that is on top of all this COVID stuff that is going on, on top of an already downscoring season, we have COVID that affects individuals differently. So we have no idea how players are going to react to COVID. We don't know if they are going to feel fine and just feel like they have a head cold and go play a normal allotment of snaps. Tyreek Hill played 42% of the offensive snaps last week. And the report was, and this we didn't know this going into the week, the report was after the fact that he was basically tits up with COVID and fought through just to try and help his team with those 42% of snaps. Hence the Byron Pringle explosion that we saw last week. So the, the long story or to make that story more succinctly is we have no idea like how COVID is going to affect individual players, how it's going to affect game plans, how it's going to affect snap rates, all that stuff. So all of that just adds to the weekly variance that we're seeing this season. And I don't think that that has been discussed enough around the industry uh, this year. But well, those were my two biggest takeaways with this game in particular. Obviously, Travis Kelsey um, is, just came off the COVID list today, so he should get a full week of practice. But again, we don't know how he's going to be affected by COVID. And then you have these two teams fighting for their playoff lives. Kansas City, obviously, we know that their defense has been borderline, if not full-blown elite, over the second half of the season.
1: We I have a Bengals out team. Of-
0: well, yeah, we knew that they had the pieces, similar pieces to last year where they were much better at suppressing scoring, but they were
1: with, they these, just weren't doing. It.
0: <laughs> yeah. And with these, with these high, you know, these highly complex zone defenses, similar to what Kansas city runs. We know that we can expect some defenses to start rather slowly, but the chiefs started
1: egregiously slowly. Like yeah. they were horrid. They were literally the worst defense in the NFL. Like well, it like, felt like,
0: Yeah, no, they were. For uh, the first four or five weeks, um, they were just giving it up left and right. Now, this defense is back to the bend but don't break mentality. They're back to high zone usage. They're back to minimizing the communication errors, the mental lapses, and we're seeing it on the field where they are suppressing scoring. They are generating turnovers. The major difference from this team from last year is although they are still generating turnovers on defense at a high rate, they're now giving the ball over on offense at an extremely high rate. So all that to say, this game has a very, very wide range of potential outcomes. We could see Kansas City defense show up and then turn the ball over, suppressing scoring. We could see the Bengals come out and just light the world on fire on the first two drives. Leading to Kansas City returning favor because we know they're capable. We could see Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey not ready uh physically from their bouts with COVID. So there's so much going on with this game that it is primarily a stay away from me from a betting perspective, but super, super intriguing from a DFS perspective. Totally agree. That was a lot, dude. I missed you, and then I don't even let you speak.
1: <laughs> no, nah, man. That's good.
0: All right, man. We uh, we pit, we fill in the gaps when we need, you know? That's We're, what's up. That's let's a team go. right there. That's what's up. All right, dude. Let's talk about another of these high-scoring games, the Rams and the Ravens. I'll try to keep it a little more succinct, but I wanted to get those... No, that was. I think that
1: was the most important game to really just get in depth for, even just not just from a betting perspective, but even to the DFS perspective. That game is going to be really, really important to pay attention to. So yeah. I think that was really good that we went into that one.
0: I will be writing that up later today after we're done recording. So let's go. All right, dude. Well, let's jump over to the Rams and the Ravens. Uh, I'll give you first crack.
1: So here's another. I don't. I've gone back and forth on this one. So, without Henderson, Akers is coming back. True, but... Yeah, expected to be. Workhorse Michelle, beasting. He's been pretty good. I don't even want to hate. Like, Michelle's actually been playing really well it's probably going to come back i guess they're probably going to keep a three-headed monster just to make fantasy players miserable next year um obviously the cooper cup show we know how that's going that off had a really bad like Stafford had what like a three interception week last week i don't see yeah. that happening again i can see that game going a lot lot better this week uh, i can expect their offense to really boom I'm not going to see three touchdowns, three interceptions out of Matt Stafford again. And Cooper Cup is just unreal. This guy is just, you can't stop him. You literally cannot cover him. And how are you going to cover him when you don't have any cornerbacks? So that leads me into the Ravens defense, right? They are diminished by COVID, diminished by injury even. And I mean, how are they going to stop anyone? They can't stop anyone. It's just going to be free, free, free a free game. <laughs> and then Lamar practiced today. So it looks like he's going to be playing. And obviously, you know, the Ravens offense didn't look too bad with Huntley in there, to be honest, even with uh, what was his name last week? Josh Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. yeah, they didn't look Obviously, so getting Lamar back isn't going to be for the offense. And the Ravens, again, they have to win to make the playoffs. And I think the Rams need for the division let me double check that because i think they're they'll lock the division with a win. yeah i think that's what it was that's what i'm double checking one sec yeah so they've clinched and with a win they would win the division yeah
0: this one is interesting so although lamar jackson practiced on a limited basis today did you see the video of that of some of his practice no i didn't he was practicing with a noticeable limp he had his quarterbacks coach and the head coach on the field with him as he was throwing and then basically jogging up the field. And he was basically being outpaced by his coaches. So he was clearly in some pain. That ankle is clearly not 100%. So there's a a lot that could go on with that, right? Um, All the injuries, all the COVID issues on the defense, particularly in the secondary for the Ravens, Um, how Martingale has been trying to Make up for that is he's been trying to adapt like a very Bill Belichickian mantra on defense and take away an opposing D offenses top threat. We saw it with Devontae Adams. He was blanket covered the entire game. We saw it with Jamar Chase last week where he basically was shadowed and then had strong side safety coverage over the top on him every game. So. What do we think is going to happen this week? Well, I would guess that he's going to try and do the same with Cooper Cup. But that said, now we're in a situation where like we saw last week where, you know, secondary option T. Higgins went absolutely nuclear. Joe Mixon, secondary option in the passing game went absolutely nuclear. So like, do the Rams have pieces that can do the same thing? Hell yeah, they do. They got Van Jefferson. They got Odo Beckham Jr. Yep. They have Sony Michelle, who has... Finally come to a scheme that fits how he likes to run the football, what he's good at. So like on the Patriots, they run a very, um, a run offense that's based off of the power run game. So straight ahead, Damien Harris is a good fit for that kind of scheme. Yeah. We've seen that they can obviously alter that runoff tackle, runoff guard, runoff edge, uh, as they did a couple weeks back against the bills, but that offense is primarily built around straight ahead. So that does not fit like what Sony Michelle is good at. What he's good at is getting a zone blocking run scheme, getting movement in front of him, creating that misdirection, because he has very good vision. And that is why I think he's excelling in this Rams offense, because they are pulling guards, they are pulling tackles, even they are running off edge, off tackle. This is a very dynamic zone blocking, run blocking offense. So um, he's a perfect fit for that. So they also have Sony Michelle. So all that kind of comes into, as opposed to trying to guess, are the Ravens going to put up points here? And I wrote this up in the uh, early line inefficiency piece as well. I really like the Rams minus three and a half uh, of this. um, One of these higher game environment game total games. That's where I'm at. I'm with you. All right. tried to get through that one a little quicker. Let's talk about the game of the week. The, and this is a game that the best ball community was targeting heavily coming into the season, knowing that the Cardinals and the Cowboys were playing in week 17. We get fast paced offenses. We get offenses who are able to open up their offense and throw. We, I say that because the Cowboys and the Cardinals, both if they're controlling a game environment, they will shift their offensive plan of attack to a much heavier ground based attack. But we know if there are two offenses that can create a dynamic shootout, this is probably two of the top five offenses in the league. So where are you at with this game with a Cowboys favored by five and a half, a game total of 51 and a half points? I'm on the
1: under in this game. Woo. Yeah.
0: I like it, baby. I like I,
1: it. Tyler sucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's he he struggled the last few weeks. The offense has not been the same. They don't have DeAndre. It's like that. that's really big is to not have your best wide receiver right james connor's still hurt i mean yeah he's supposedly going to play this week but he's not 100 percent. and we're back to you know this is the james connor we all know and love you know he's always hurt um so like the offense is not at full strength they're playing some wesley guy or snaps never and even Juan wesley i have yeah. n- literally never happens that i don't i've never heard of a guy I have never heard of this Wesley guy before.
0: You've never heard of him right now, like this way, late into the season?
1: No, no, before like the last two weeks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But like <laughs> I was say, he's rarely do these guys snaps, just yeah. pop up and like, I don't know who the hell they are. And like, I don't know who this guy was, but I digress. This is going to be a running game from the Cowboys. Obviously, Dak does not look the same. They just want to run the ball. I think that shoulder injury still has to be like the problem. I don't understand why he wouldn't be. Why he looks like this, you know? And then obviously the Cowboys' defense looking very good. I I was thinking about this too. Like, who's Diggs gonna. Kirk is in the slot more. So it's probably gonna be AJ Green, right? Mm -hmm. AJ Green's been his like security blanket, if you can call it that, for, you know, I guess you can say that. But I mean, it's gonna be tough to throw the ball for Kyler and he's gonna. Be scrambling, and clearly he's either hurting still or they're trying to limit it. I don't know what's going on. I feel like the Cardo's offense is really broken. And we talked about this earlier with the Cowboys this year. It's like their offense is pretty broken too, but they've found out a you know a way to get it to work now. But, I mean, it's been ugly out there.
0: I'll start off by saying I agree on the under on this. I say that basically not tongue-in-cheek, but like 55-45. So, like, there's expected value there just because this is – this game has been hyped up all season, um, but these offenses are in very different places than we thought they would be coming into week 17. These defenses are also in very different places than we thought they would be coming into week 17. The Cardinals are fourth in DVOA against the pass. They've allowed the sixth fewest yards allowed per pass attempt. The Cowboys are first in, in DVOA against the pass, but we've seen that they are a very aggressive unit and they will attack heavily. So that's led to some yak given up. That's led to a 20th ranked yards allowed per pass attempt. But what do we see from like the makeup of this game? The Cardinals are likeliest to move the ball through Zachary Ertz at tight end as the kind of past path of Uh, resistance.
1: Ertz is what I didn't think about. Yeah. I I I knew I was forgetting something.
0: Yeah, so I think that's where, you know, likelihood of seeing a spike week in targets 8 to 10 range if this game is shooting out. If not, you know, the Cardinals are probably likely to um, try and hide the fact that their pass offense has been broken without nuke on the field and run the ball at a heavier rate. Uh, Look at these. Doesn't get much easier. The Cardinals are ranked eighth in DVOA, allowing middle of the pack yards per carry. But the Cowboys are 19th in DDOA, allowing the 12th most yards per carry. So, although these matchups are not glaringly either run heavy or uh, run funnel or pass funnel, there's a slight bias towards the run for each of these teams. Definitely. Um, But yeah, I like the under two. There's not really much else to cover, I think, than we've already broken down. Um, I think that's, I'm ready to move on. Or what about you?
1: No, me too. so we talked about this during Best Ball podcast is like I literally do not care who plays these last two weeks right targeting games cuz you don't know what teams are going to be like this game I feel like just cuz of the injuries and I feel like this is a really strong under and it would just be so amazing for like the whole you know you have to optimize for the last week discourse in best ball because it's just you know you, you got to get the right just players over and get the best teams that were not targeting random games, hoping for correlation, but just an aside.
0: Yeah. And one last thing I'll note about these high expected game environment games, or these good expected game environment games, the Kansas city Cincinnati game opened at 47 and a half, and it's already bet up to a 50 game oh, wow. total. The Cardinals and the Cowboys opened at 50. It's been bet up to 51 and a half in most places. Um, and then the last one, the Rams and the Ravens opened at 45 and a half. It's up to 46 and a half to 47, uh, depending on where you look. So all of these three game totals have actually increased this week, uh, which is a departure from what we've grown accustomed to over the past month or so. All right, we got to do it. We got to talk about some of these sh- to uh, other side of the end of the spectrum game environments. We'll start with the real quickly. We'll start with the dolphins and the Titans. And I'm going to lead with this one. Cause I wrote this one up as well in the early line efficiencies piece. I expect this game environment to be driven by the dolphins defense. Obviously we know that this, they just made history after losing seven games in a row. They've won seven games in a row over that seven game win streak. They've allowed uh like just under i think 11 points per game something crazy like that uh extremely low hold on let me pull it up yeah 11.7 points allowed per game over that streak they generated 33 sacks over 7 games so over 4 a game obviously we know that was inflated by their eight uh this past week uh but they've generated a lot of sacks Who are they playing? They're playing a Titans offense without Derrick Henry, who have allowed the second most sacks in the league. So I think this game environment is going to be controlled by the Dolphins' uh, defense in particular, um, and the Titans are likely to be forced into more aerial aggression if they get behind, but more than likely, we're likely just to see a slugfest, and I like the under on this modest game total of 41.
1: I am also there. You said uh, without Derrick Henry. I think for Dante Foreman has done a, like incredible job filling in for Derrick Henry.
0: He does. He's looked almost like a
1: clone with those dreads, too. I'm saying, like, and he's a big guy. <laughs> cool like i remember drafting a ton of dante and then he got hurt like he was always talented so i'm like really, it's a really cool happy story to follow but i mean yeah this game is just a really easy under we know how both teams want to play i mean Tannehill's. i feel like Tannehill's just like i don't know if it's just the lack of weapons or he's just been pretty awful this year i had a lot invested in him and he's really disappointed me it's uh that's interesting that you say that because
0: that is perception but Tannehill has a top five QBR, so quarterback top. rating, You're kidding. on the season. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy, right? Um, <laughs> sorry, did I say Tannehill? I meant Tua. Tua, right? Yeah, I know. I was talking yeah. about Tannehill. Oh, shit. I was thinking Tua. No, Tannehill has been egregiously atrocious. Uh, sorry, I got confused. No, Tua's, Tua's been Tua surprised has like been surprised decent. decent. Yeah. Tannehill has been basically victimized by their offensive line. They have had injuries in and out of the lineup. They obviously lost Derrick Henry. uh, And then their wide receiving core was gutted during the middle of the season. So he was victimized heavily by injuries. Um, But yeah, he has not played up to the way that we've seen. Obviously, that was somewhat expected because he's coming off like two of the most efficient seasons from a quarterback ever. Uh, which is kind of crazy, but that um, is crazy. <laughs> he basically went, he went like full Monty and like is making up for that efficiency last year uh, by being absolutely atrocious this year. Yep. Sorry. My bad. Totally. Uh, I'm off kilter. I heard you wrong. I agree. It's
1: all good. <laughs> it happens.
0: All right, man. Let's talk about, uh, let's go to the Panthers and the saints game total of 38 and a half uh,
1: with the saints favored by seven. Ready? Go. All Saints, right? Taysom's gonna be off of COVID list, right? Sam yeah. Darnold is starting. Good luck. It should be <laughs> fun. Hopefully, he's not seeing ghosts again. <laughs> it was my favorite when they caught. I don't. know. like they allowed ESPN to remember that one. I think it was yeah. two years ago against the Jets, and he literally, I'm seeing ghosts. He says, yeah. and, Oh my god. But yeah, I mean, they're doing that stupid rotation. I don't understand that. Like, I feel like it's the quarterbacks way worse flow than any, but I mean, I'm not a coach or anything, but I feel, and I, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to like really assess it. You're playing, but I don't
0: yeah, well, cam saw the first two drives until throwing a pick last game. And then he was benched, I think. And then Darnold finished it out.
1: Yeah. It's really weird. What's going on there. I, it was. It's funny because like there was a while where everyone's like calling Matt Rule the sharp, you know, and oh man, he's so sharp, he's doing so great. But now like starting to be not so sharp. But we'll see. I'm under. I'm I'm on the under on this game. I mean, the Saints want to run the ball. They're going to bleed clock. Can Carolina really move the ball? I'm uh, interested to see.
0: Yeah, this is it. This whole game environment comes down to Carolina's ability to put up points, right? We know the Saints. Uh, are trying to win games with their defense to hide and mask all the you know injuries, COVID, everything that's been going on with that team this year. Um, the Panthers have a not-so-terrible defense themselves, but it's really going to come down to their ability to put up points. Is Darnold going to be able to move the ball through DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, who's making a resurgence? Uh, but that's basically their only chance, uh, is Darnold to DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson this week. So yeah. it's gonna it's gonna come down to Panthers' ability to move the ball. I might be more biased to kind of take a shot at the Carolina Panthers game total or team total. Um, but in the same sense, the Saints are really, really gonna be looking to slow this game down, and win it with their defense. I'm um, also I like the under
1: here. I agree with you. I, I think this is a pretty obvious one and watching first play of the game, Sam Darn DJ Moore, think I was gonna break a yard. <laughs> Robbie Anderson's gonna wake up and throw a third burger on us. It's coming on Sunday, just to <laughs> warn you. Throw all the yeah, nails yeah. away, nothing makes sense.
0: <laughs> all right, uh, mental note game stack that game to leverage, Pavel. Got it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Uh, last game, uh, we actually not doing too bad on time, coming up on a half hour, so we'll finish it off with the Giants and the Bears. Lowest game total on the slate. Lowest game total you'll see in a long time, looking back through, 38 points with the Bears favored by six at home. What are you looking at here?
1: I hope the Bears lose just so we get a better pick.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sorry, Chicago guy.
1: I was at the Monday night game against the Vikings. That was pathetic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be honest with you, I this, this should be an under. I mean, Bears can't really move the ball. Giants, can they really move the ball? I am sure. There, is Jake Fromm starting?
0: I think uh, they should at least get Glennon back. I don't know. Jake Fromm? Yeah, dude. Um, Glennon is back. Uh, it says Fromm and Glennon are both... Ex- Excuse me. Expected to see playing time on Sunday against the Bears. Jones is obviously on the IR. Yeah.
1: Uh, this I don't even know what to say about this game. This game is just a shit. I could see this literally being like a a nine to six field goal game.
0: There's uh, there's two players I like from a DFS perspective at least. Okay. Um, and sure. I don't know if. I don't know where I stand, honestly, about the game total because 38 points, man, it's like you have to try really hard to go under that. Um, That's insane. Like a 21-17 to game, like, okay, I could see it, but I'm kind of torn here because I expect Chicago to lean so heavily on David Montgomery, uh, who is coming off another game, two out of his last four games. He's seen 30 running back opportunities. Good God, man. That Finally. is that is worth, <laughs> that is noteworthy, right? Like, we should be yeah. paying attention to that. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, two out of the last four games, 30 running back opportunities. He's priced at 6.5 on DraftKings. I know this isn't primarily a DFS show, but that's somebody who I early week have been like, okay, he's playing a Giants team who have given up the 6th, 7th most fantasy points per game to opposing backfields. Like this is noteworthy. The other one might surprise you. And that is actually Kenny Galladay from the giants. Kenny Galladay is coming off of three straight weeks with eight targets. During that time, he's amassed top five intended area or uh, I guess total air yards. And he's come up with only eight catches of 24 total targets. Yeah. <laughs> so like he has all these empty air yards. He's getting the looks. Sterling Shepard is gone. So it's going to be Kenny Galladay, Kadarius, Tony in the slot and Darius Slayton on the opposite perimeter of Galladay. We look at Chicago. What have they struggled with? They struggled with running backs and they've struggled with deep passing. So if the giants are going to have any success, it's going to come through likely Galladay, in my opinion. um, Obviously, super, super fragile play, super, super wide range of potential outcomes. But if he is not going to be owned at all, I will have some interest in DFS. Um, As for betting, dude, I lean over. I have no freaking clue, though, with this game. I'm going to be completely transparent. Like, I would just probably stay away, to be honest. Um, But there are some pieces in this game from a DFS perspective (laughs) that I think are highly intriguing and are likely to come at lower than should be ownership.
1: Yeah, I agree. I guess I can see that. Um, if Tony plays, he could be a decent play.
0: Yeah, dude. But the snaps have been like so sparse lately. He's Um,
1: so explosive. He just needs like three plays, you know?
0: Yo. Yeah, totally. I know. Um, he played, let's see. He was hurt in week six, missed week seven, came back in week eight to 57% snap rate. 55% 55% in week nine, by week 10, week 11, 60%, missed 12, 13, 14, and 15, and returned to 51% of the offensive snaps. So he is clearly utilized as that slot slash gadgety type player um, with Sterling Shepard out. That should theoretically increase his snap rate, but he even on his last week, Sterling Shepard didn't play either. And he saw 50, per, 51% Week 11, week 9, Sterling Shepard didn't play. He saw 60%, 55% in those games. So they're very clearly trying to not necessarily, like he doesn't have the talent to play heavy snaps, but just kind of manage his workload a little bit with all these injuries that he's experienced this season. Um, for God's sake, Pharaoh Cooper saw 47% of the
1: snaps last I, I thought he played a lot. Okay, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, dude. So I had a like. uh, I'm like, why is this guy on the field so much? (laughs) Yeah, dude. He saw almost
0: half of the snaps. He thought he saw 36 snaps. Unbelievable. uh, Yeah. So that's kind of where they're at. Um, Yeah, Glennon and Fromm split in the work. They basically each played about half of the snaps last week. Uh, We'll see what happens here. Uh, But yeah, I think that's gonna do it, dude. Uh, You have any parting shots for us? No, hopefully I hang on
1: for uh, the yeah, basketball man. championships so we can all eat Arby's. got to feed the kids, <laughs> you know? That's right, dude. 10K, <laughs> I'll be rooting for you, brother. Oh, man, I can't wait. Hopefully I can win 100 k I'll be uh, too. One-week season free on your
0: boy. That'd be sweet, dude. We're all rooting for you then.
1: No, I can't wait. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I can bring it home for the for the family. All right, brother.
0: Great having you back, dude. Great talking to you. We will see you next week.
1: Family. Absolutely. See you later. Have a good.